0: Morning, everybody. I uh, hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning so far. Uh, my name is David Sorn. I am the lead pastor here at Renovation Church. You know, <clears throat> our church purchased our original piece of land that were on the six and a half acres back in uh, 2017. And in the process, whenever you uh, purchase a piece of land, you have to do a number of due diligence items to make sure you're actually getting a good piece of land. And one of the things we had to do back in 2017 was we had to go out, or well, we didn't personally, we had to hire someone to go out and test the soil because you want to make sure that even the soil of where you're building is a good enough soil that you can put a big a building on it. And I was so excited about the possibility of our church getting this particular piece of land that actually came out and watched them test soil for a while, which is super nerdy, but I was uh, overly excited. And I have some pictures of that uh, from my phone uh, when I was out there. Uh, by the way, I was zooming in on this picture this week, and I noticed that gas was a 239, in case anyone was wondering. And how crazy is it that... I just still, I'm never gonna cease to be amazed by the fact that we got that that corner lot, um, that God did that. That's, that's pretty amazing. But anyway, so they come out huge drill. And they drill, you know, far deep down into the ground, and they somehow have this device that will pull out this long uh, cylindrical sample of soil. And then what they do is they put it on a table and they begin to test uh, the soils to find out, is this a type of soil that could hold up a building? Well, in a really similar way, Jesus says that you have a soil in your heart and that you should test it. Because your ability to hear God's word and your ability to be changed by God's word is based on the condition of the soil of your heart. Now, we're going to hear more about that this morning as we are starting a brand new series uh, called Parables of Eternity, where we are going to be teaching through Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Most of the chapter of Matthew chapter 13 in the Parables of Eternity series uh, contains parables that are focused uh, on the long-term, on eternity. And parables, if you're not unfamiliar with that word, a parable is just a story or an illustration that teaches a main point. And so Jesus actually gives his reasoning for why he tells so many parables in verses 10 through 17 of our chapter. If you want to read that later, I encourage you to do that. We're actually going to jump over that today, and then we're going to come back to it in two weeks. So Jesus, oh, what happened to page two? Look at that. That happens once in a while. That's why I number the pages. Okay. (laughs) So here's here's what we know. Before we read our parable today, uh, I just want to tell you that I I think it's helpful sometimes when you're going into a parable that if you know what some of the things represent on the front end. So let's just go through that. Before we even open up the Bible, I want to explain a few things to you. So you're going to see three main things in this parable. The first is the sower. So the sower uh, represents uh, Jesus in the original context, or really it's anyone sharing God's word. Now, the sower is a, a farmer. So maybe in your head you were picturing like someone sewing like fabric on a sho- I, I'm not sure this is actually how you use a sewing machine. Uh, clearly never sewn anything in my life. Okay. So the sower is going to be Jesus or really anybody who's sharing God's word, God's truth with people. The seed in the story is going to be the word of God or specifically uh, the gospel. Uh, The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ can forgive and save you. And the four soils we're going to read about, they represent four different states of a heart's receptiveness to God's word to the seat. So let's take a look at the parable. So everybody grab a Bible, whether you brought your own or you use them uh, under the chairs or your phone or whatever you use one, everybody grabs something. Uh, this is what we do here. <clears throat> We don't uh, put it on the screen for everyone to just kind of glance at. We get it out, we study it, we just believe so deeply uh, in the Word of God. Now, the parable of the sower that we're going to study today is a bit unique, actually, because Jesus actually explains what it means. And if you know anything about parables in the Bible, most of them we don't get an explanation. But here we do, and it's kind of towards, uh, or it's after uh, uh, another section. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump uh, back and forth uh, between the parable itself and Jesus' uh, explanation. So we're going to start right at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 13, and uh, here's, here's what it says. It says, "...that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore." Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Okay, let's, let's stop there for a minute. So in those days, what you had is you had farmers that they would go out and they would scatter their seed on the soil, right? And then later they would come through and manually plow it into the soil. Now, when you scatter like that, not every seed is gonna fall in perfectly good soil, and it means when the crop grows up, it's gonna look different based upon which soil it landed in. And that's true of how God's word sinks into our hearts. In fact, even our own hearts can be in a different state at different times of our life. And so part of what I want you to do this morning as you listen, as you study God's Word, is I want you just to be open to this question. Which, we're gonna cover four soils. Which of the four soils do you think that you are currently in? So let's talk about the first soil. So the first soil that we're reading about is the hard soil. This is, Jesus says, the soil along the path. So on any field, you're gonna have a path that the farmer walks up and down alongside checking out the crops. And that path is going to be hard, right? It's compacted because the farmer's always walking on it. So the seed's going to come down. It's not going to sink in. It's just going to be on the surface. And then he says the birds are going to come and then snatch it right up. But what does that mean? Well, thankfully, we get this explanation from Jesus. So let's look at that. So uh, why don't you look down now to verse 18, and that's where the explanation starts. This is Jesus talking. He says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, so that's about God, and does not understand it, the evil one, it's Satan, comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Okay, so it's kind of like this. You, you ever shared uh, with somebody about Jesus, about what God's doing in your life, or you try to share the gospel with someone, and you feel like you're almost speaking to a brick wall? That's, that's this first soil. It's the hard a soil. I just want to tell you, th- that used to be me. Uh, some of you know this, but the, the very first time somebody shared the gospel with me, I literally responded by saying, you have 10 seconds to get out of my house. Well, what is that? That is a heart of stone. But thankfully, God changed my life. God, I just, I just want to tell you as an encouragement for some of you, if you've got uh, maybe it's an adult uh, child, maybe it's a sibling, a best friend you've been sharing the gospel with, nothing's happening, I just want to assure you that my friends thought I was never going to come to Christ. And God did it. And it starts with the changing of a heart. If a seed is going to sink in, the soil of the heart has to soften first. Which is why when you're thinking about evangelism and sharing the gospel with people, one of the most important facets is prayer. Prayer. We need to pray and ask the Lord to soften hearts first. Otherwise, the seed is just going to bounce off, and then the birds come and snatch it away. Uh, by the way, uh, this week, as I was working on this message, I shared with our uh, resident a bird lover and expert, uh, Pastor Josh. I shared with him a note that I found in one of my study Bibles, which just read Matthew uh, chapter 13, verse 4, and then it just said, birds, i.e. Satan, uh, <laughs> which he did not appreciate. Okay, uh, let's take a look now at the second soil. So go back up to verse 5. So this is the original parable. It says this, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. This is the second soil. Now, we would probably call this second soil the shallow soil. So this is a real type of common soil in Israel. They'll have, you know, a little bit of soil, that underneath it is basically like a rock bed. There's a lot of rocky ground in the uh, in, in near east there, in the ancient uh, middle near east. And so... What happens was, what happens is the plant begins to go down into the soil, but it hits the rock. So it can't go down deep enough, so when the sun comes out and it gets hot, the plant will wither every time. Now let's look at how Jesus explains the meaning of of this particular shallow soil. Uh, He says this, uh, this is verse 20 now. Since the seed falling on rocky ground refers to, some, refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Now, once you've been a Christian long enough, unfortunately, you're going to know people like this. right? People who they say they accepted Christ. They get really excited about Jesus at first. And then eventually something happens, and they just kind of fall away. Maybe they even become antagonistic against Christianity. Like, what is that? And 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 were they saved? I don't know. I'd honestly say, in most cases, probably not. Um, Jesus and Paul, also the disciple John, they all talk or write about the fact that one of the key marks of Christian discipleship is to remain faithful, not perfect, but to remain faithful to the end. In John 8, we see this. Jesus says this. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. You know, we have people in this church uh, make first-time decisions for Christ uh, basically every week. And I just want you to know, when I talk to them afterwards, I never say to them, hey, because you prayed this prayer, you're saved. I don't say that to them. What I say is this. I'll say, if this is real for you, and you actually walk this out, and you really walk this out, you start reading this book, you're you're seeking out God, God will absolutely change your life. And you will see the evidence of your real, genuine faith. If it's real for you, you'll see the fruit of it. It isn't as simple as just saying something. If you don't mean it, then it's not real faith right? You've got to walk it out. I think maybe the more important question with the second soil is is this. Why, why does this even happen? Why are there people out there that get really excited about Jesus and then they just as quickly fall away? Why? Well, what does Jesus say? He explains it. It's at the end of verse 21. He says this, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, I've seen this unfortunately, uh, a number of times as a pastor over the year, but let me give you one example of it. We had a guy a number of years ago, it was back when we were at the school, who he, he stood up at a service, he was really excited about Jesus, but then he started to ask questions and he said, well, if I become a Christian, does that mean I have to believe this? Or does that mean that I have to do that? Or what about this hot-button issue? And we, we explained gently what the Bible said on all of the things that he asked about, and we tried to encourage him, as we often do with new believers, to just focus on Jesus for now and get to the smaller issues later. But he said, no, I don't want to follow Jesus if I have to believe that. But what is that? He, he He's interested in Jesus, but he doesn't want to be persecuted because of the word as Jesus says in verse 21. You know, I think another really important thing for us to talk about in 2023 in America is this. The type of preaching that's been done in the American church at large over the last generation has unfortunately created almost a generation of Americans who only want Jesus, not for Jesus' sake, but for what they think Jesus can give them. There are so many Americans right now that are kind of interested in Jesus. They're trying to follow Jesus because they were told in church that Jesus could help them with their marriage or their job or their finances or to slay the giant in their life or whatever the sexy teaching series promoted. And then the trouble came in their life. You know, suffering that we all experience, even as Christians, and they said, well, if I'm going to believe in Jesus and suffering and, tr- and he's not going to fix all these things like I heard. Then I don't want to believe in Jesus because I heard that Jesus was going to make my life better in all these areas. But I'm still suffering. So I'm out. And we have got, I don't know, I hesitate to say it, but even millions of people in our country right now that are in this shallow, shallow soil because we've given them such shallow teaching and i I want to say something else To, to all of you in this room at this service and there's a number of you i see some of you in this room that are have been christians for less than a year you are most likely still in this shallow second soil. That's not a knock on your faith or where you are. It's just a measure of time. You haven't walked with Jesus long enough yet to have deep, deep roots. And so you've got to know if you're going to get out of this shallow soil, it is so critical for you that you focus on going deeper in your faith. Right? That every day you are in the word of God. And every day you are meeting with Jesus. Uh, For you new Christians in the room, if you're not in a house group yet, And many of you are not. You've got to get in a house group. If your roots are going to grow deep, you absolutely need other Christians around you helping those roots go deeper. You need to be in a Renovation U class this summer so you can get your mind more deeply entrenched in studying God's truth. You've got to go deeper and deeper and deeper so that when the hard times come, and they will, that your roots are deep enough that you will not with her, okay? All right, let's take a look at this third soil now. Uh, we are back up to verse seven. It says, "This other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants." And then uh, oh, I always feel like I did this is the last verse too. I always feel like it goes on to the next verse, but it does not. Okay, this is the third soil. It is the thorny soil. So this is kind of interesting. Here, the seed has penetrated into the soil. The roots even have some space to go deeper. But here there's a different problem, and that it's the soil is full of thorns. So let's jump down to Jesus' meaning for the thorny soil. So you're going to look at verse 22. It says, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it un fruitful. Now, with the first two types of soils, we could say these are people that they're not following Jesus. Well, at least not anymore anyway. But this third soil is different. Uh, Jesus even says uh, in verse 7 that this particular uh, soil uh, actually produces a plant. But this plant is not bearing fruit. So this third soil represents Christians, people who are indeed following Jesus, but they are not impacting anyone for Christ. And really, there's no fruit growing. There's no change happening on their own tree in their own life. Now, if you're walking through this and you're testing yourself today, you're trying to figure out which one of the four soils you are, this third soil, this thorny soil might be you if, say, you never sign up for a faith update at house groups because in your mind you're thinking, and I'm not just talking because you're nervous. I'm saying because in your mind you're saying, I don't even know what I would say. I can't think of an example of something God's done in my life in those last year. Or I don't know anyone who's been impacted by my faith. This thorny soil might be you if you can't think of what I just said. A single person who's been influenced or impacted by your walk with Jesus. And yet, you absolutely believe in Jesus. 100%. You are a Christian. But walking in this sort of faith that Jesus wants us to walk in the kind of biblical faith that produces fruit and reproduces itself, which we're going to see in a moment is really, really key. That kind of strong biblical faith is being choked out of your life by the things of this world. Specifically, Jesus calls out by the worries of this life and by the deceitfulness of wealth. And so let me give you a few challenging examples here uh, as your pastor. For many of you in this room, on Sunday mornings you like being here, right? And you hear the Word of God teach and this taught and this the seed is dropping into your heart and you like that. But if there's anything else on your schedule on a Sunday morning, you say you got a travel soccer game or whatever, you're there. And that wins every time. Because the worries of this life, maybe it's the deceitfulness of a college scholarship or whatever, all of those things, they're luring you elsewhere. And I want you to know, as a result, for many of you, you're not growing like you could as a follower of Jesus Christ. For others of you, you've been pondering over the last couple months about taking a step forward into Christian community, into joining a house group. But if you know, you know that if you did that, it would be kind of inconvenient for your work schedule, or maybe you couldn't get quite as many hours in, or whatever, and the deceitfulness of wealth, putting that first, slowing your Christian growth. Or many of you, you, you probably feel God over the last month or two, just wooing you, urging you to just get up earlier, and just seek Him, to open the Word, to get on your knees, to spend time with Him in the morning. But many of you are going, I can't. Do you understand the responsibilities I have at work, David? I have so much to do. It's the worries of this life, it's the deceitfulness of wealth. Others of you are going, I have, I have my, I gotta get up. I, I, lit, I have these children to feed. I got to get breakfast. I got to, the worries of this life are always winning in your life. And truthfully, I think when we think hard about this question, which soil are you? I would say most of us as American Christians are smack dab here in this third soil. We believe in Jesus, how we love the Lord. We attend church as long as nothing else conflicts with it. We're Christians, but maybe you feel like you're just not really changing anymore. Uh, God's not really using you to do anything remarkable right now. For some of you, it's been 20 years since you felt a fire and passion for God. And I just want to say, my friends, that's, that's happening precisely because you have given up on prioritizing doing the work of cultivating your heart for Jesus. And so you've just let thorns, competitions from the worries of this life, these thorns grow up in your spiritual heart. And nobody challenges you on it because quite frankly, that's how almost every American lives, right? Even American Christians. And so we don't sing anything to each other. Nobody says anything. But I'm going to say something to you. Jesus Christ wants to do more with your life, my friend. For so many of you in this room, God has got a call on your life. And he wants to do something remarkable through you in your family. For others of you, he's he's wooing you to something, to do something in your neighborhood or at work. His call is on your life, but you keep pushing it aside to focus on these temporary worries of this life that honestly won't mean a lick in 10,000 years. And so the worries of this life are choking out God's word in your heart. And they're choking you out from doing these more important things that God himself is calling you to do. And so listen to me. It is time to rip some of those thorns out of your heart. i got to tell you something. If you do that, though, it is going to hurt. So you're just going to know that. Because when you start living differently than everybody else, you start having a different schedule than everybody else. and, And you start putting away that sin that everybody else says, you don't need to stop doing that. When you do that, it will cost you. But it is worth it. It is worth it. You want to feel like you're being used by God again. You want to feel that passion for God again. Who who in here wants to feel that fire for God again? If you want to feel that, then you've got to give him an undivided heart again. And when you do that, you give God, you say, I'm getting these thorns out of my life. You give God an undivided heart. Then your roots have the freedom in an undivided soil to go down deep. And when they go down deep, you know what happens? They start to produce a crop of influence for Jesus Christ. And that's the fourth soil. Let's take a look at it. This is verse 8. It says, still other seed fell on good soil. Where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the fourth soil. It is the good soil. So not only does the seed sink in here, it produces a crop. We get the explanation in verse 23, so let's jump down there. Jesus says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So this is the person where the soil of their spiritual heart is in such a condition that the seed comes in, and not only can they hear God's word, but they apply it. There's a lot of people in America who hear the word of God. Far less people apply it. They apply it, and not only do they apply it, they're influencing other people for Jesus Christ. And a crop is happening because God is moving so amazingly in their lives. I just want you to know, if you want that in your life, and I pray that you do, I want you to know that it will take work. I mean, just think about soil. Good soil is not natural. Like, what's natural? Hard soil, rocky soil, thorny soil. If you just leave the ground untouched, that's what happens. And hear me, the same is true for your spiritual walk. If you continue to never open up this book, you continue to not make time for Jesus Christ, well, then absolutely six months from now, maybe it's two years from now, your spiritual heart is going to be hard and rocky. But if you cultivate it and you make room for it, God to move and you start ripping out some of those thorns. I just, I can't even explain to you the amazing things that God can do through your life. How are you cultivating your heart for Jesus? Ask him, ask him to do it again. Ask him to work with you. Come, come back to Jesus this week. I I, I just, I pray that you do. And so which, which, which soil are you? How would you answer this question? Where, where are you in the four soils? Have you ever actually let this truth sink all the way in? But for some of you in this room, I think the most important thing you need to hear is just the basic simplicity of this. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you so much that He came to earth and He died on the cross. For you, for your sins. You've seen all of your sins. You know, I was reading in my morning Bible reading time. I'm in Romans right now. And I just read the part where it says, God knows all of your secrets. And yet, still Jesus Christ comes and dies even for those secrets. Taking the punishment for you. So that you don't have to spend eternity in hell taking that punishment. Because Jesus has taken it on himself. So you can be forgiven and you can spend all of eternity in heaven. And that's just a matter of faith. It is a matter of faith, the Bible says. It starts with you saying, Jesus Christ, I believe that you died for me. I'm going to repent. I'm going to leave my old sins, my life behind. And I want you to be my savior and my leader. And I know many of you have heard that before. But I just want to say today, I haven't said this very often, but I just want to say one of my burdens as a pastor is I know that there are people in this room right now who would call themselves a Christian. And maybe you come often, even with your your spouse or your parents even, but you are not truly saved. If you were to die today, some of you in this room would not go to heaven. And and that just absolutely burdens me. And the proof is in the fact that there is no fruit. There is no evidence of God in your life. You have no passion for Jesus. You say, yes, I'm a Christian, I go to church, but you have no excitement. You have no love for Jesus or for his word. Your life looks no different than it did 10 years ago. If that's you, I want you to earnestly start thinking about the salvation of your soul. I'm not by the way I'm not talking about those of you that, I'm just in a where you're just in a kind of a rough patch right now and you're not as excited about Jesus as you were last month. Christianity, a walk with Jesus is a constant roller coaster. I'm talking to those of you who have never felt those things. I want you to take this topic ever so seriously. Are you saved? I I, I don't care if you've been in church 52 weeks a year for the last 10 years. He doesn't mean anything. Jesus says, many of you will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. And, he, and he'll say, I never knew you. I never knew you. If you were to, heaven forbid, if you were to die in a car accident on the way home from church this morning, are you absolutely sure that you would go to heaven? If you are not right with God, if you have not cast your life upon Jesus and said, I believe with all my heart, I want you to be my savior, I want you to be my leader, I pray that you do so. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a final song of worship. And if you are just feeling burdened this morning about this, some of you, you just need to think about this for the next couple of weeks, and that's okay. But think deeply about this. Are you actually saved? For some of you, that burden is so heavy right now and you just need to repent of your sins and you need to cast your life upon Jesus for the first time. Say, I actually truly want to believe. I truly want to believe. And if you need to do that and cross that line of faith at any time during this last song, because sometimes I think we just need to step forward to say, okay, I I believe. Anytime during this last song, what I want you to do is just sneak out of your seat and I want you to walk back out through those back doors and I and our follow-up team will be right there we will meet you and we'll walk you through what you can do next, okay? All right, let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and all the things that we have learned in the parable of the sower. God, I pray for wherever people are this morning that you would move us. You would move us closer to you and that you would allow us as followers of you to produce a crop for your name and your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.